You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fourth and Manageable, an SEC football podcast brought to you by 2400 Sports. Now, here's Brad Edwards. Welcome in to Fourth and Manageable, our new podcast covering SEC football. Uh, we're calling it Fourth and Manageable just because it, it's kind of a, a, a new style of football these days with teams going for it on fourth down, teams throwing the ball a lot more than they used to. Uh, it's, it's, it's a different world in some ways from, from what it was not too long ago. But if you're in the SEC, it's the same old, same old as far as the teams that are winning the championships are, are coming from pretty much one conference. And that's the conference we're going to cover here, the Southeastern Conference. For those of you who followed me many years at ESPN as, as a national voice, this is an SEC podcast. So if, you, if you're listening, you're not an SEC fan, thanks for checking it out. But just if you're going to stick with us, be prepared. We're going to be talking uh, about almost exclusively about SEC teams show in and show out. And we're going to talk to many former SEC players over the course of the season, including my co-host, former Tennessee quarterback, Tyler Bray, who will be joining me on Saturday nights after all the games have ended, have ended. Tyler and I will go through all the action. We'll talk about all the, the most uh, important plays, the coaching decisions, uh, you name it. And, and we'll break it all down for you. And, and you'll really get a player's perspective, which is something that you, you don't find everywhere these days as, as far as someone who's been there in that position getting comments from someone like that on uh, what these teams did, what was good, what was bad, et cetera. So we're going to hash that out at the end of every Saturday night. You'll be able to download that podcast uh, all day on Sunday, whenever it's convenient for you. And, and we're looking forward to doing that as well as regular shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then once the playoff rankings start coming out, we'll have a bonus show for you. Uh, late Tuesday nights um, that will uh, go through those rankings and give a little bit more perspective on those. Uh, as, as many of you know, I, I spent 25 seasons covering college football for ESPN. And, and over that time, I had the pleasure of working with a, a lot of legends of college football, not the least of which was the coach, Lee Corso. And something happened this week related to the SEC that reminded me of one of my favorite Lee Corso stories. And uh, it was, as far as I know, not a story that he told on the air. It's possible that he did at some point. But I, I vividly remember this as a story that he told in the meeting. From when he was the head coach at Indiana in the 1970s, they were playing, I believe it was at Ohio State. I know it was against Ohio State. And according to the story, his team went up 7 nothing, And he called timeout, he says, before the kickoff lined his players up so that they could get the scoreboard in the background, take a picture 
Indiana seven, Ohio State zero, um, because Ohio State was, I think he said, ranked number one, and, and they were expected to get blown out. And after that, they did. They got blown out. But you know what? It was a photo op. Corso took advantage of it. Uh, whether it's true, I don't know. Lee Corso is one of those guys who's never going to let the facts get in the way of a good story and certainly not let them get in the way of, of entertainment. And it was a very entertaining story. Uh, and it reminded me uh, of what I see this week when I look at two things. One of them, the NCAA or FBS statistics. When you go to scoring offense right now, number one in the nation, the Vanderbilt Commodores, 63 points per game. What a juggernaut. It was against Hawaii. Some of you saw it last Saturday night. 63-10 win for Vanderbilt. So they currently lead the nation in scoring offense. But here's the other thing. And those of you who follow the SEC know how unlikely this is. If you pull up the SEC standings right now on, on most websites, the first team you're going to see is Vanderbilt. So if you're a Vandy fan out there, take a screenshot, take a photo, whatever it may be, print that thing out and frame it. Put it on your wall. Keep it forever. Vanderbilt on top of the SEC standings. They haven't won a conference game yet. In fact, Vanderbilt hasn't won a conference game since 2019, unfortunately. 21 straight conference losses. Maybe this will be the year that they break the streak. In fact, they got to feel really good about it after what we saw last Saturday night. But here's the problem if you're Vanderbilt. Going into a season with that type of streak, two of your first three conference games are at Alabama and at Georgia. And those are the two teams I want to turn to now. The teams that are expected to be on top of the SEC standings at the end of the season, Alabama preseason number one, Georgia preseason number three. And in my opinion, the top three, when you include Ohio State at number two, are way ahead of everybody else when it comes to overall talent on the roster on the rosters. And and, and what's really tough for the rest of college football is that arguably the best two quarterbacks in the sport are at Alabama and Ohio state, the top two teams. And then Georgia obviously has a pretty good quarterback of its own who just led his team, the national championship last season. How do you, how do you beat teams like that when they have all those pieces in place? It just feels to me like there's a big gap between those three and everybody else. And when you look at the AP top 10, it looks like the voters were just grasping right after that. Now, somebody has to be ranked number four. And Clemson, who they have there, it's as good a pick as any. I mean, you know, Clemson had been up there in that mix for the previous, what, five or six years. And then, you know, last year, Clemson, while it was a bad season by their standards, it wasn't disastrous. They went 10 and three. So I think Clemson's a solid pick for number four, but it doesn't feel to me like they're close to the other three. Then you got Notre Dame at number five. All right. Um, Texas A&M at number six. I mean, A&M went eight and four last year. They don't have a returning starting quarterback. Number six. I mean, I guess you got to put somebody there, right? Then you get to Utah at seven, which just seems crazy. Michigan at eight after all they lost. Oklahoma and Baylor round out the top 10, but it just, you know, you look at this and it just it feels like there's a very good chance that the SEC is going to continue its dominance of college football. And I know there are a lot of people who 
maybe confused by the recent TV contracts that were just signed by the Big Ten, um, worth more money than what the SEC's TV deal pays. And, and people may be thinking, well, the Big Ten is as good as the SEC, maybe better based on you know what TV's paying. That's about audience size, you know, about ratings, not about how good the teams are. There's a false narrative in some college football circles that it really isn't the SEC that rules college football. It's Alabama. And that is true, that Alabama has ruled college football basically for the last 15 years. And it's historical, the level of dominance that that Alabama has had. And, and I don't know if we'll ever see another team dominate to this degree over that long of a span. But to act like this whole reputation of the SEC is just Alabama, it, it's it's not only idiotic, uh, but it's ignoring the facts. And, and I'm going to lay some of them out for you right here, okay? I mean, if, if the last three seasons, which included national championships, not just by an undefeated Alabama team, but also by an undefeated LSU team and a dominant Georgia team that lost one game to Alabama. If, if that wasn't enough in the last three years alone to disprove this assertion that the SEC is a one-team league, here's some other numbers for you. The SEC has 18 national championship game appearances in the last 16 years. Do the math. 18 in 16 years. That is more than one team per season. And that's quite a long span, 16 years. Just to, to explain to you how that happens, there has been one national championship game out of the last 16 that didn't include an SEC team. There have been three of the last 16 national championship games that were SEC versus SEC. So if you take away Alabama's nine national championship game, uh, national championship game appearances over that span, the SEC still has nine others. The ACC has five, four of them by Clemson. The Big Ten has four, all by Ohio State. So you tell me, which conference is actually being carried by one program? It's not the SEC. And I, I, don't, I don't know that there's a conference out there that has been carried more by one program than the Big Ten has been by Ohio State lately. You know, and, and you know, Here's another number for you. Once again, last 16 seasons, the SEC has 12 national titles. Take away Alabama's six, and they still have six more. The ACC has three. Do you know how many the Big Ten has? How many national titles for the Big Ten in the last 16 seasons? The answer is one the same number of national titles that Auburn has in the last 16 seasons. So back to this season, you know, just if you, if you look at the playoff projections that are out there, they're pretty consistent with the AP poll in thinking that the big 12 is probably not going to have a team in that top four at the end. And there's not a team like Cincinnati from the group of five that everybody's just kind of, you know, jumping on that bandwagon before the season starts. So who's going to be in the playoff then? You know, you got Notre Dame ranked number five right now. Notre Dame opens the season this weekend at Ohio State, and they also play Clemson later in the year. I got news for you. If they lose both of those games, they're, they're not making the playoff because they won't be a conference champion. They don't play in a conference. The top two teams in the Pac-12, 
both open against SEC teams. Oregon is understandably an underdog against Georgia. And Utah is at Florida, which certainly isn't a gimme. I mean, Florida is is not ranked in the preseason top 25. But when you consider, I mean, Florida is a team that obviously has talent. Um, It's an atmosphere that's difficult to play in, not only because of the crowd, but we're talking early September, humidity, and and, uh, an opponent that's not used to playing in that type of weather or practicing in that type of weather at this time of year. If Florida wins, and and if Georgia does, as expected, if if both of those Pac-12 teams lose, you're probably looking at another season without a Pac-12 team in the playoff. So what you really have is a situation where, you know, if Ohio State beats Notre Dame on Saturday, Georgia beats Oregon, Florida beats Utah, I mean, it feels like we're already halfway to another season with two SEC teams in the playoff. And I realize there's still a long, a long way to go. Georgia and Alabama would have to take care of their business. Maybe somebody else in the SEC rises up and, and displaces one of those teams. But as much as everyone around the country will hate it, it, it's looking like another one of those seasons where these teams atop the SEC are going to be right back where you always see them at the very end, and that is – playing in the national championship game and maybe against each other. It's just the way it is in college football these days.